0: Are you a bride chilla or groom chilla? Spend 30 minutes with Bride Chilla podcast host Alicia and you will be. So let's get planning. We're talking about the wedding ceremony. It's my song for you. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> oh, you know it's been nearly one year since I've had this lovely guest. Is yeah, that true? It is about that. Good lord. Holly Smith, welcome back to the show. Thank you, you are, I'm gonna tell you who you are. Okay, I'm going to tell everyone tell who you are. You are a wedding celebrant. Mm-hmm. Correct. A person, if you don't know what a celebrant is, because it, you have different labels in different countries. You do. Might be a registrant, registrar, mm. other names I can't think of off the top of my head. An officiant. Officiant. Person who stands in front of crowd or small crowd mm-hmm. or no crowd. Or no crowd. And makes it hashtag official. Hashtag official. Sort of. So, okay, well, we're going to get into that. <laughs> now, last time, the episode the last time that we did together, very popular. Oh, good. People loved your candid nature. Oh. You told it like it is. I do. You, I know. And you put everyone in their place in the sense of really reminding people how important actually preparing for your wedding service, ceremony, mm-hmm. kit and caboodle is. It's very important, I feel. I agree. And it's often a bit of a last minute idea. That people go, Oh, actually, got to remember the actual wedding ceremony while we're here.
1: Well, I think sometimes the thing the expectation is that it's a quite it's a very traditional thing and they don't have much choice and control over it. Mm. But I know that your listeners are awesome and like to do things differently. They are. And more and more these days people are realising they can do something different with their ceremony, which is where a celebrant comes in so but it varies you know sometimes I get people that book me two months in advance because yeah they haven't thought about
0: it and sometimes they're really really organized and they book me two years in advance so
1: it really varies
0: that's an interesting variable you've brought up to go do you think the people that book you two months in advance have done all the other shit and then have gone oh by the way we actually need someone to make this yes. work yes <laughs> that's usually that yeah. works
1: come on guys but then it's funny. Like I had, to, I had an inquiry this week for 2019. Whoa! And we're recording in 2016.
0: So that's I just had super to think organized. about what you we were interested in, just then, then, by the way.
1: <laughs> but the most awful thing is that he has asked for a date, which is my birthday. Shut up! And it's also a Saturday, and so I had to say, mm, kind of. That's going to be like the one day of the year that I'm not going to
0: book. A I'm wedding. probably going to be drunk, so it's not going to happen. <laughs> I know, poor guy. Wow, how that's really organized. It's very organized. I mean, that's good. Kudos to you for yeah, attracting people that far in advance. I know. But that's really organized. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what I well, could I tell you what I'm doing next week? Probably not. Now, I think when we planned our wedding, I was a bit cavalier and probably a little casual with some bookings. How long did you have between your engagement and your wedding? One year, and we would have done it sooner, but we were trying to rally some troops. Mm and also the venue we wanted wasn't available it oh, was it was one of those things booked through summer so we had a winter wedding
1: well some venues only open bookings
0: like one day a year you can book for the next year wow yeah that just reminded me of the tom cruise nicole kidman movie i can't remember what it was uh, pre-divorce Holly's looking at me like You're batshit crazy Where is this no, going? But, I mean it could be Are you thinking the Eyes wide shut? Nah Before that This is the No before the sex Or Top Gun um, No So it's the one In between Top Gun And in between <laughs> But it's the one Where they, they've got it. They, he's Irish right And he uh, has a really Bad Irish accent I do not think I see this movie It's amazing I don't know why I know it But it's when They move to America to do the great land grab, and he's basically at the end of the film. Spoiler oh, is it old timey? Yep. And they're in, and so she's allowed to have frizzy hair because in the olden days mm-hmm. you didn't have DHDs. No. Um, but they had to do a land grab, and so it's there. <laughs> there is a point to this, and they're writing the. You know, it's when they opened up America and said, "Pick what you want. Yeah. Don't worry about the Native Americans. We'll just the white people can settle." Yeah, that was political, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the point of this was, what was the point? I don't know. Jesus, where did I go with that?
1: How far in advance did they book their wedding? Yeah.
0: How did I get to Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise? I'm going to cut back in, right? When I listen (laughs) back to this, I'm going to explain the point to that. Okay. I think it was about being advanced. Oh, it was grabbing things. One year. Okay, here's the point. Don't cut back in, Alicia. You know what you're talking about. The point was the land grab, but it was the one day ever.
1: They opened the
0: doors and everyone just... Like, literally rides horses over each other to get the grab, to get the land.
1: I mean, I imagine that that is probably what it feels like for some people who want to book a venue that opens up their bookings one day a year. Supposedly.
0: That would be really stressful. Mm. If that's happened to you, I would like to hear from you. I'd like you to ride in. We would like to hear about you having to land yeah. grab, Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, pre-divorce and Scientology style, getting your venue. Yeah. That's stressful. It is stressful.
1: But equally... The benefit also of working with a celebrant is that you can be a lot more flexible to where you want to have your ceremony. So I have a lot of couples who have a ceremony on, say, like a family bit of land, big, big, nice country garden, that kind of stuff. Or they go for somewhere that isn't really a wedding venue at all, like a warehouse space that Mm. they then book for a week and then decorate the way that they want to have it. Or... A brewery or a function room somewhere or like sometimes it's just a handful of people and they want to go to a local park and then you don't have to worry about the land grab because it is the stressful. land grab yeah. yeah yeah it's freaky yeah but we should briefly for listeners who don't know cover the legal aspect
0: yes good let's do that now if you are listening in america australia canada other places everyone has different rules mm-hmm. so it is wise for you to ask the google and probably more than just the Google, ask the official places about what rules you need to follow. Yes, absolutely. To make things legal. Mm-hmm. So the it's like we're doing some sort of legal disclaimer here well, today. Well, it
1: kind of is, yeah. I just don't want to give anyone the wrong impression.
0: Sure, I agree. Me too. <laughs> the amount of stuff I've said on this show that probably could be prosecutable is um, <laughs> always ask an expert, which I am not. No, but I think it's very important that we do say... Things differ from where you live, Mm -hmm. but the general gist of the advice today, we will be able to be adapted, I'm sure, Yeah, in your locale.
1: Yeah, and in essence, in, in the UK, in England where I work, you need to file your legal marriage with a registrar or a minister. You have to give notice, and it can only be done in a licensed venue, which is usually... A registry office or a town hall or a, a space that's been given a license. And in order to get a license, that venue has to have a roof and it has to be permanent and it has to be stationary. So you can't get married outside legally, you can't get married on a boat legally. It's so strange.
0: It's really strange that it still exists because I look at it and go, oh, look, you should be able to get married wherever you damn well want. I completely agree.
1: (laughs) But typically what my couples do is they go and do the legal paperwork first and then their wedding day with their friends and their family and the dress and the cake and the shoes and the DJ and the routine and the photographer and all the stuff that they want to do is entirely up to them.
0: And that's where I come in. So, yeah. A lovely freedom that you provide people. Oh, yeah, I think so. Totes. I would totally have a celebrant. Oh, and I did, and we loved it, and I wouldn't do it any other way. Uh, now, today's episode, although uh, this is, uh, we've got lots of different ways, uh, themes we're going to cover. Uh huh. But I'm going to be organized and give people a little heads up. We're going to talk about the ceremony, about mm-hmm. choreography, and mm-hmm. this is not dance, although you could incorporate dance, <laughs> you could. do whatever you want. We're also going to touch on unplugged weddings because I am mm. morbidly fascinated with them. Mm. They're evolving. They're evolving.
1: Oh man, they're evolving. What would you like to touch on first? I think let's get
0: choreography. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So, so we've covered the idea that people are often not that organised when it comes to The money end of the deal the big the big part of it the proper let's make it official Mm. so how do we get people in the frame of mind to start with of realizing that you know you do have the freedom to make it an individual thing and make it fun and do not make people like loathe the idea of planning this part of the wedding I think they do and I think
1: sometimes there's a little bit of fear around it because Mm. it is the sort of performance bit of the day it's the bit where all eyes are on you and your man or your lady and I think that that can be a little bit intimidating for people but equally I think it goes back to especially in this country a lack of understanding about what you can do Mm. so a registrar will be quite restricted to what they can have so it'll be very much you know um the, the the traditional what people would expect you know there's the, the declaration words you know I do solemnly declare that I know not of any reason why we can't marry I take you to be my husband or wife vows brings you know it's kind of it's very structured it's not particularly personal um, and so I think they think that they'll just kind of go with the flow on it mm. but if they choose to work with a celebrant then they can be a lot more creative and so my ceremonies always tell the couple's story so how they met how they got engaged they're like funny little stories that they want to share with everybody, which is great because you can really inject a sense of humour into the whole thing. I love being able to see everybody laugh. <laughs> um, but that does require a little bit more planning. And also I think people sometimes feel they've seen enough weddings on TV or they've been to enough weddings that it's they you know they know exactly where they're gonna stand and who's gonna come in when, but actually it is a bit of a performance and there is a bit of a production. Management that needs to happen. But if the beauty of working with a celebrant or with a really amazing planner is they'll help you figure all of that stuff out. So typically what happens with my couples is we either go to the space in advance and do a little bit of a rehearsal or we kind of draw one up on paper or if we work over Skype, sometimes they live abroad and we don't meet until the day, then we'll do it online. But then we kind of decide, you know, how... The seating's going to be arranged, so sometimes that's decided by the restrictions of the space, but other times it's really flexible, so sometimes it's chairs that are kind of in typical rows of pews. Sometimes they will have the seats arranged kind of in a circle, so the ceremony will be in the middle. That's nice. Yeah, it is nice. Mm. Sometimes they're not seats at all, sometimes they're hay bales, or um, I had one wedding where everybody kind of sat on picnic blankets, That was really like that. that's cute. Yeah, that was lovely. Um, And sometimes they stand, you know. Sometimes it's it's a handful of people and they aren't going to be there for a very long time, so they just stand. Um, So, yeah, we kind of talk about how the people are going to be organised. And then, depending on the size of the wedding party, we talk about who is going to stand where. So sometimes you have a groom with a best man and that's it. Sometimes you have a groom with a best man and... Like eight groomsmen, <laughs> and then they all they all need to be lined up somewhere. Um, and then it's all about you know what the bride's entrance is going to be like. And I'm t- and I'm saying bride and groom here, but you know I do a lot of same sex weddings as well. So sometimes the couple will come in together, um, or they'll each come in accompanied by a relative, or you know. So it's, it kind of varies. But this is all the things that we get to discuss and decide. And then it's thinking about. Are people in the wedding party going to stand during the ceremony or are they going to sit? And if they're going to sit, then we need to make sure their seats kept in the front row or wherever for them to go. And also one thing that I always make sure people think about is if you have people who are coming up to do a reading in your ceremony, which lots of people do, then... Always make sure that they're on an aisle so that they don't have to like clamber oh, over point. people
0: because that's out. embarrassing. It's like an award ceremony. You don't want people to be just like, a, "Excuse me," just going to be, "Oh, uh, <laughs> <excuse> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh gosh." Let me yes. just shuffle
1: past Leo so yeah.
0: I can get to the point <laughs> <and laughs> Excuse me, I <laughs> just lean on your lap like that. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. So anybody who's doing a reading or involved in any way needs to be on an aisle. And then the other thing that I have found really, really interesting is there's always a lot of confusion for brides in particular about which side her dad should go on if she's being walked down the aisle by her dad. Now I I think traditionally they would go on the bride's right side because and and the and the groom would then also be on the right side and it's the it's the you know it's the patriarchal handing off of yes. the woman. Uh, but they would keep the right hand side free because that would be their sword arm and in days of yore uh, it wouldn't be uncommon for somebody to turn up at the wedding to steal the bride away. <gasps> so you would need to have your sword arm free so that you could draw your sword and fight. And back murder them. Murder them. And yeah, basically basically basically.
0: murder them. Yeah.
1: Basically just
0: murder them. Yeah. We're not promoting murder in any sense of the <laughs> term here.
1: Absolutely not. I've yet to do a, a, a Game of Thrones wedding.
0: <laughs> well, I you know what? <laughs> I put every couple of months, I put a call out saying, if anyone's having any kooky crazy weddings, I want a Seinfeld wedding, I want a Curb Enthusiasm wedding, and I want a Game of Thrones wedding. And I've seen actually a couple of, I know um, uh, Rock and Roll Bride has featured, Mm. the blog has featured a couple of Game of Thrones-ish weddings, not necessarily full Daenerys, Daenerys?
1: Yeah, I haven't har- watched
0: it for a couple of months. It's off the TV at the moment, so I've already cleared it. Uh, and, you know, I just want a Kit Harrington look like. But it hasn't happened mm. yet, but I feel like it's coming. It's gonna, yeah. I feel like your chance to marry oh, I know a Game of fun. Thrones, you know, cosplay sort of couple is mm. coming. But you would also have to dress up.
1: Yeah, that's true. Who would you be? Oh, who would I be? Oh, my God, that's such a difficult question. I mean, I guess you got the red hair. I guess, like... I feel like you should be... Yeah, I could be the
0: red woman. <gasps> Melisandra. Have you got... I was going to say, have you got smoke coming out of your vagina? But that's a really inappropriate <laughs> question. We always call her smoke pussy, but um, that's for another day, that's probably. for another day. But she did have... She did. It was very... It did happen. For those who don't know what I'm talking bizarre. about, she's a very mysterious white witch... Potentially not. She's white a witchy witch. lady. She's a witchy for witch. Sure. Witchy poos who does some magical things with yeah. her lady bits. Um, I sorry. did. I, I <laughs> want to ask you just without sorry taking it off on that weird path. Have you ever been asked to dress specifically for a theme, or someone saying please wear a hat, or or is it just you choose what to wear?
1: I haven't. Usually, I will have a conversation about the the color scheme. Right. And I will make sure that whatever I wear doesn't clash with any bridesmaids. Good. So if they're in navy, I won't wear navy. Um, Sometimes I know it's going to be a really bright, colourful wedding, so I'll wear something a bit more colourful, with like a floral print. Other times it's very classic and understated, so Mm. that's just something a bit smarter. I've not been asked to do anything in particular. Um, (laughs) Recently... My boyfriend's brother got married and I did their wedding, which was so much fun. How exciting. And their wedding was um, on a bit of land in Cambridge. And as a surprise, all the guests, so all the guests were told to meet at a pub. And then they were punted down the river (gasps) to the wedding ceremony venue. And so they needed quite a lot of groomsmen to be able to arrange and steer and man the puns. Mm -hmm. Um, And they asked them all to dress in the theme of stick with me musketeers and merry men now at first we were really like this is confusing because those (laughs) are different things and we don't know what this is no i don't know where this is going (gasps) um but they totally pulled it off and they looked amazing so they all had on kind of like uh you know um sort of billowy white shirts waistcoats kind of swords at the hip Um, and they just looked so much fun like it was totally like something out of robin hood how fun but I was thinking, oh, my gosh, am I going to be asked to be, like, Friar Tuck <gasps> at this moment? <meeting?" laughs> <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't. I just wore a nice flowery
0: dress. Lovely. Um, you wore your CVs. Yeah.
1: And it, and it looked amazing. And they, the pictures of them are so fun. They looked so cool, like, coming down the river um, with their, like, hats with feathers in them. That's gorgeous. Like that. Yeah, it was cool. Um, so, yeah, if there's any kind of, if there's any sort of a... Uh, I guess, what's the term I'm thinking of? If there's any kind of, like, showpiece to the entrance, then that's definitely a thing that we need to talk about um, in advance of the ceremony.
0: I do like that you are mindful of of what, you know, clashing and colour schemes and all that sort of thing, and I think a lot of people wouldn't think, I'm sure people in your position think mm. about it, but brides and grooms, grooms and grooms, brides and brides, might not think about saying, well... We are going to have bright pink bridesmaids dresses, so maybe don't wear your fluoro yeah. pink dress. And again, I think
1: it just goes back to if you're working with a registrar, you know they're a, they're an employee of the of the local authority, the council. They're probably given some sort of dress code, mm. and that's why they're often in like a black or navy or beige suit, and that's fine. It's not that that's not me. I don't. It know is those not things. Yet. This is the
0: Bride Chiller Podcast. I'm talking to the lovely Holly Smith. She is a celebrant from London, United Kingdom, if you can hear her accent. She's (laughs) very clever, and there is more of her wonderment after this very short break. We're talking all about getting hitched no shit sherlock it is the (laughs) bride chiller podcast but we are talking specifically about the wedding service the ceremony getting it right and uh, also a little bit about unplugged weddings Mm. and you have look but i'm sure there's more to say about the choreography i did cut you off before do you have more to add only one thing please just to recap
1: on that just to sort of add to the uh the what side should the should the dad be on yeah please so i always suggest that the dad is on the side that is closest to where he is then going to sit mm. or the mum, or the granddad or the brother or whoever it's going to be because what sometimes then happens is they have to essentially drop the bri- drop the bride off at the head <laughs> of the aisle and then navigate their way around the back of the dress um and not in any weddings that I have conducted but I have seen people stand on the back of the dress um on the train um and and it's kind of another thing that we would discuss is you know which order the bridesmaids and the flower girls and stuff are going to go because I think traditionally the bride would always come in first because she's kind of like you know the main event and then everyone would follow her but then sometimes there's just a bit of kind of jiggery-pokery to be done as they have to navigate their way around her and especially if it's a big dress and space is tight Um, but these are all the kind of things that a celebrant will think about in terms of who's going to stand where, how are they going to what's going to be the easiest, how
0: many barriers can we remove I think that's very good and mindful and a lot of people um, choose to have a rehearsal the day before or the night before, Mm. I think it's good you do it sometimes people are like oh, oh I've got 20 other things to do (laughs)
1: Yeah, but also on the day, sometimes people can be really nervous, and if you've just had that little chance to practice how you're going to walk, who's going to be where, everybody knows their place, you know, sometimes bridesmaids or people who are doing a reading, they they do suddenly get a bit of stage fright and just think, oh shit, what am I supposed to be doing here? Yeah.
0: Um, But we'll always talk about that stuff in advance, so. I know in stand-up comedy and performing, it's always like walk the stage before and it's always nice to have a little moment Mm -hmm. because then also it's good for visualization. And I don't want to get too wanky here, but I know if I am doing a gig and I've had a moment on my own to be on that stage or in that place that I have to perform, that I can sort of visualize, I know where I'm walking, I know where the mic is, I feel it. And it takes away the mystery of it. And as you said, you sort of don't have to get worried about tripping over something or feeling like i don't know where the light's coming from or i can't see my cues from someone Uh, it's it's another thing you don't have to worry about totally the mic is such a good point because uh, i would say probably
1: about 40 percent of my ceremonies are in a space that needs the use of a mic and others aren't and if you can kind of practice doing all of that stuff beforehand that really takes the pressure off especially if you're asking someone like a friend or a family member to be in charge of cues for music Mm. that's the kind of thing that you really want to make sure that they know Um, and I will always find that person before the ceremony and go through the script with them and say when I ask people to stand you're going to play this and when people sit you're going to fade out and when people clap at the end when the couple are kissing that's when you're going to start again and make sure that they know those cues because otherwise they can just be sort of like sitting there you know grinning away and enjoying the ceremony And miss that, and then it's time to retreat or do the recession back down the aisle, and they're just kind of like, where's the music? Um, So that's a thing that's really good to have a little practice of in
0: advance as well. And that's good to have someone, if you've got a relative, to make sure that they're people that know how to use the gear. Oh,
1: for sure.
0: Yeah, don't let it be someone who's never used your iPhone. Oh, my God. Don't Um, give it to Aunt Daphne, who's just a fucking technological (laughs) loser. You just want to have someone (laughs) that can press play.
1: Absolutely. And also, if you're doing... Music from a phone, make sure it doesn't have a passcode.
0: Oh, great point!
1: That's the worst when suddenly they're like, Oh, I can't open this phone. Oh my god. And then you have to scramble
0: around for a groom and ask. And you have to walk down the aisle and go, Excuse me. And then he's got to go, It's four, seven, two, yeah. going to know his code.
1: The other thing I often suggest is if they're putting together a little playlist, is just to rename those tracks. So, entrance song. Exit song, Great. song, song in the middle of, you know, whatever, so that there's no confusion about exactly... Because I know, because it's in my script, mm. but when you've got one person with a three-track playlist and they can't remember what's happening when, yeah, they sometimes need that little hand.
0: And I will say, I've done... I did a Melbourne Comedy Festival a few years ago, and they, when you're given a... And it happens in all the comedy festivals, when you're given an a allocated a, um, room or somewhere mm. to do your show, they allocate you a tech... So you don't get to pick your tech. And it's Mm -hmm. always funny talking to other comedians because you do, after the first night, you sort of give a rundown and go, how's your person? And you might not have many (laughs) cues. Sometimes it's just like, hey, someone comes in, clap, bit of music up, down, make sure the mic's on. But I did a full show with, uh, I think I had 32 tech (gasps) cues. So it was like a play, a one-woman play. And it was set on an aeroplane and it was called How to Get Rich and it was about how Rich and I met. And Aww. it was really cute. So I sat on some plain Release seats. the DVD. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, I don't know. I'd love to do it again, actually. But I, I did one run in Sydney and it went really well. I had an amazing tech. And then we came to Melbourne and we were allocated this guy who was just a doofus. Aww. And it went he went somewhere in the show like he would just go away. Oh and I would gosh. say my lines and then expect... These very technical, like the audio cues were like the flight attendant game, extension ladies and gentlemen, doing all the stuff and I had video cues and I would be sitting like a fucking spare dick oh at a wedding going, God. what is going on? And, and you couldn't, I couldn't break character and go, excuse me, idiot up the back. Oh my gosh. Anyway, he was oh. a professional and he got it wrong. So what hope is there? That's so awful. What I a hope Debbie they, I hope they are no longer in that business. In the daytime, he worked in banking. Oh, who? Oh, my God. Who is a banker by day and audio tech by night? I think he had, like, repressed. He really wanted to do, like, audio for bands. But he must have got the gig for Comedy Festival and hoped that it was a switch-on, switch-off microphone. And then he got lumped with me, his worst nightmare. Anyway. hopefully you
1: stretched his boundaries. Yeah.
0: Um, Stretch something, i tell you that.
1: (laughs) So, yeah. Think about who is going to have your music.
0: Um, And that probably takes us quite nicely onto the subject of unplugged weddings. Please, let's do it. Mm. Now this has been something, I think it's really interesting actually. In the two years I've been doing this show, it's this topic has evolved somewhat. There's been a lot of different uh, viewpoints. Everyone's got an idea about should there be with uh, well, there's bloody hashtags now and should there be signs telling people what to do, how mm. aggressively do we monitor these things, is there some sort of unplugged security going on, what are you seeing right now in the weddings that you've been doing so it does it does really vary
1: mm. um, and bearing in mind that my role is typically about the ceremony so what sometimes happens and will everyone, a lot of your listeners will probably have seen pictures on Facebook and Disastrous shots, but (laughs) what will sometimes happen if it's not unplugged is people will use their phone throughout the whole ceremony. Oi! They'll film it. They'll watch it through their phone. It's like when you go to a gig and there's people with an iPad, or they take four hundred photos. And I think, guys, just like calm down, take two photos, feel the music. Like that's. But when the
0: hell are they ever going to look at those photos again? Exactly. If you're looking at Coldplay from four hundred meters away. (laughs) <laughs> Conscious uncoupling Chris is probably like a, a dot. tiny dot. you yeah, got a little amped. And then you use and you think and I always think about anyone that's recording anything at a loud even actually at a wedding, the microphones aren't that sophisticated no. from that far You're not and also hear I
1: don't mean to be rude, but most people are not good photographers. True
0: that. So what then
1: happens is they will take loads of photos or they will film it sometimes even before the ceremony has finished. Those photos will be up on Facebook. Ugh. So before the bride and groom have even kissed. Mm. And I find that my couples don't like that and they're a bit nervous about that. And they've seen it happen and, and, you know, they're not necessarily... It's like your big day. You've spent all this time planning. You've spent all this money. Do you really want the first picture that goes up on Facebook to be, like, a blurry photo of you where... A half-pash. Someone else is, you know, got their phone up Mm. in front of you. Mm. So typically what happens in my ceremonies is um, they ask, they say they don't want photos during their ceremony. And the way that we will kind of work that is I will assist in making that happen. Now some people go really extreme and they'll have like a big sign saying this is an unplugged wedding, please no photos. Um, And they'll, you know, maybe do that for the whole day. Some people say unplugged ceremony, take as many photos as you want later. If, My couple don't want photos taken during the ceremony. Then before the bride comes in, or the groom, or brides or grooms or whoever, I will make sure everyone is kind of settled. And then I will just say, Hi ladies and gentlemen, our ceremony is shortly about to begin. Before we do, can I just ask everyone to please make sure their phones are off or on silent? Um, I did once have a groom whose phone rang during his vows. (gasps) Did he answer it? No. (laughs) No. But it was his boss and uh, when, I, when I then said, do you Amy take Mark to be your husband? She said, I'm not sure if I do now. Um, <laughs> and like everyone had a giggle about it but, it, you know, it, the last thing you want is to be the person whose phone is ringing at the wedding.
0: And why did he have his phone on him? He
1: just forgot. It, right. Like, you know, he, he mm. had so many other things to think about and his phone was in his pocket. <laughs> um, so I always ask people to make sure they're off or on silent. And that like includes not vibrating as well, because you can hear a phone vibrating oh, in the yeah. bag. Um, if they don't want photos, I will then also say the couple have requested that there are no photos during the ceremony. And I'll use it as an opportunity to introduce the photographer. So I'll say, we've got a wonderful photographer, Naomi here. She's going to take lots of photos, and there'll be plenty of time for you to take photos throughout the rest of the day. Marvellous. Now, most people will respect that. Some people will just... Like it's an instruction that they just don't hear, you know. Like when it's like you're on a plane and they say, like, please don't take your seatbelts off until the plane is moving. Oh, Everybody like, oh, straight. Excuse off. me, I've got to go. You're like, oh exactly. my god, you're going to kill us all. Exactly. Um, so like I've literally said that, and then two minutes later, there's somebody with an iPad out. So you can't. Ha- do you, do you just tap them on the shoulder because I feel like I. Like, well, no, I can't because I'm kind of front and center. You're with doing a your gig, of course. Yeah, you they're just already talk, there. Right. Oh. So I always talk to my couples about it in advance. And I always say, this is what we're going to do, this is what we're going to ask for, but let's just bear in mind
0: somebody might do it. Some people are mental. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, what we will do is, I'll yeah, so I'll say, um, no photos during the ceremony, introduce the photographer, and then it's a chance to say, all that remains for me to say is, please stand for the bride. And then that's, like, the cue for the music. Great. And that works really well. Um, sometimes the couples will be happy for photos to be taken, but we'll maybe just say, the couple are happy for you to take a few photos during the ceremony, but please, can I ask you to stay in your seats? Because what we don't want is, like, somebody in the aisle taking photos and, like, blocking the groom's view of his new wife coming down the aisle. You know, <gasps> Who that's... are these people doing this? But it's just become such second nature to take photos of everything. I know. That I think often people just don't even realise they're doing it. And then the third thing that sometimes couples will say, they'll ask me to say, um, the couple would really, really like it if they could be the first people to put a photo on social media. So I'm going to ask everybody not to Facebook or tweet or Instagram pictures until they've had a chance to do it themselves, which will probably be tomorrow. Yeah. Because, you know, they get caught up in the rest of the wedding ceremony.
0: Just doing what they're supposed to
1: be doing. Yeah, just, you know, enjoying the day. Good Lord. So that usually works, and I think it's just about kind of being clear with people, but Mm. sometimes you get brides and grooms who are like super social themselves, and you know, they, they are totally Snapchatting all the time, Instagram stories, tweets about everything, and so they're not so bothered, and they really want people to be online during the day, which again is absolutely fine, but if you have a preference, it's really important to make sure that your guests know it. Yeah. Um, And that's where I think you're right, things have changed quite a lot in the last couple of years. What's been your experience of weddings you've been to?
0: Um, Well, I think there's, you know, we went to a wedding, a lovely friend, Alicia and Kirk in France, and they said, no social media, please, no photos, basically. Actually, and I did say to Alicia, I sort of didn't know they had a sign up. I didn't know whether that meant no photos at all. So I sort of kept my phone pretty much in my handbag the whole time, which was actually really freeing yeah. and quite nice just to have time off. And um, they had – she's Aussie. She's been on the show. They have uh, friends and family that couldn't make it who are in Oz and, and, and elsewhere. And they wanted to be able to share, as you said, photos mm. that were chosen by them yeah. on the day. And I totally respect that. Yeah, I think um, it's interesting to see that people are choosing – I think definitely choosing the idea to say, let's focus – in the wedding ceremony, let's just focus on what's happening, be in the moment, and then yeah. take as many photos as you want. And using Appy Couple and all these sort of yeah. great apps where you can share, because I think it's you know lovely, candid photos, but also you want people to be there and present,
1: yeah, because you know? they are bearing witness to something pretty incredible. True, and most people will only do it once. And it, yeah, you want you don't want to look at your guests and see them all. Like snapping away no. and adding filters and hashtags and not looking at you.
0: Yeah, I mean, for the love of God, just sit sit for twenty minutes. <laughs> it's normally just about twenty minutes. Yeah. Right?
1: So, but then
0: it is really, you know, it is interesting because
1: I think about like my parents' wedding. and You know, they got married thirty four years ago. They would have paid a photographer who would have come and done some very professional, um, you know, posed shots. So they don't have any photos of. You know the evening, or what they ate, or what their decorations were like. I mean, obviously the whole industry has completely changed. Sure, but there are some benefits to having people take your photos because you know that you're going to get to see a lot of the day that you wouldn't have actually been present to see. Mm. You know, if you've got a hundred people at your wedding, you're going to have you're going to catch up with everyone. You're not going to have quality time. Um, and I have seen some people who like really make it a mission to you know, get a selfie with everyone that's at their wedding because that's, like, a fun thing that they can have. Yeah. Um, Or they are really open about having a hashtag, which is a lovely way to be able to kind of scroll back through the next day and see. And actually, what I've found, particularly with weddings that I've been to, is when there's a hashtag, you get so much more of the before and the after the wedding day as well. Sure, yeah. So you get to see your friends getting ready at their houses and, like, in the car on the way there on the train. Um. Or even, like, people, you know, shopping for dresses and, like, having a little bit of fizz on a Saturday afternoon. And then afterwards, you get to see all the hangovers and, like, what people are eating <laughs> the next day. And, you know, a lot of couples will roll their honeymoon photos into that as well. Yes, so, so
0: you can follow the whole journey.
1: Exactly. So that can be really nice too. But I think it really it's really down to the couple and how social they feel. Mm. You know, if you're really active, then you're probably going to naturally want to do that. But if you and you're a bit more of a private person online than ask people to run it in. And people should be respectful, but I do think it's down to guests to actually
0: kind of follow those rules. I agree. And I love that you say it, and I think that's something that I'm sure people will be uh, rewinding the podcast and making notes <laughs> as to what you've said, so then they can pass that on to their yeah. celebrant person and uh, or their minister or whoever's standing up the front doing the marrying to be able to make that statement. Because I think if you don't say, I think some people are uncomfortable about putting a big fat sign out the front. Some people are very comfortable in putting signs everywhere. But if that's not the way, that's a very easy way to pass on. Mm -hmm. And also I think you're uh, a new person of authority in in that situation. So you do have a bit of that power of going, come on guys, (laughs) put your phones back (laughs) in your pockets, you idiots. Yeah. Yeah, totally. obviously not saying that.
1: The other one that always makes me really laugh is when, um, when a couple do confetti as people are like going down the aisle or back out, um, and I all and if they're doing confetti, I always make sure that people know the golden rules of confetti, which is that you throw <laughs> it up, not at. <laughs> because I've seen so many pictures where the bride and groom are kind of like cowering away from having you know roses mouthful of or confetti. Whatever thrown right in their face. <laughs> and that's a horrible, like nobody wants photos that look like that. You know, confetti is meant to be raining down upon you. Um, so I always teach people the golden rule.
0: Oh, I like your fun instructions. I <laughs> know, I do feel a bit like an air hostess. That's great. Like a wedding hostess. A wedding hostess. Welcome, yeah. turn your phones off. Don't throw <laughs> the confetti in people's faces. Thank you very much. Holly, this has been magnificent. I love coming on your show. And I love having you. And look at this—we've already done like forty minutes of gold. Everything besides <laughs> me doing awful Game of Thrones jokes went really smoothly. I really hope I get a Game of Thrones couple next year, and well, I will send them your way. Please, if you are a Game of Thrones couple getting married in the United Kingdom, Holly Smith is your gal. Let's do it. You could have a wolf. <gasps> I have. I do sometimes have dogs
1: at weddings. That's so do you? Fun. Oh yeah.
0: Did they take the, the ring down the aisle?
1: Um, I've had a pug ring bearer. Oh, my God. He wore a little basket attached to his back yeah. that had the rings in it. Oh, it was so cute. Yeah. That's adorable. That is adorable.
0: Maybe you could do a dog wedding as well. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're not the first person to suggest it. Somebody... Holly's face,
0: no, it was quite serious.
1: Uh, and the reason is because dogs cannot consent to marriage. Oh, my God. Of course they can't.
0: <laughs> They're always like... Listen, I don't even like other dogs, but some dogs do, I like
1: other dogs. And equally, like, I wouldn't marry a man to a tractor or a postbox
0: or... That sounds like some of the TV shows I've worked on. Yeah.
1: Oh. oh. <laughs> like the lady who married the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, she
0: was pretty keen. Oof. That's a
1: whole other... If episode. you don't
0: know what we're talking about, then I'd say spend some time on YouTube, because those documentaries are amazing. Mm. And they are...
1: They're Freaky. Good. They're
0: really good hangover TV. They're perfect. So they're, they're like people marrying inanimate objects or at least having an infatuation, maybe sexual attraction to some point, which borders on creepy. Holly, poor Holly, is like every time she comes on the show, it's like Alicia talks weird <laughs> stuff. I, I bring it up, not Holly. Where can we get in touch with you? So my
1: website is celebrantlondon.com. And I have a Facebook page which I really need to do some updates on, which is facebook.com dot com slash
0: London. Great! And yeah. by the time this goes to air, it will be jam packed full of goodness. Yeah,
1: I've got some really good photos from my weddings this summer that I need to I need to get out there.
0: Yeah, and then you'll be taking bookings for next year and two thousand and nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> any any date, just not any year. Birthday. What day is your birthday. What days your birthday? Twenty second of June. Yeah, well it's popular. Yeah, it's a that's in the middle of summer, girl.
1: But it only falls on a Saturday once every what, seven years? Yeah, that's true. So you kind of gotta be precious about
0: it. He missed out. Actually, like? I'm not even sure how old it, it won't even be a big birthday. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Birthdays are important. Yeah. Um it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so Thank much. You. And if you would like to know more about uh, what we've talked about today, head to the com for the show notes. I'll make sure I put lots of links and delicious things from Holly in those notes. Thank you so much for listening. Until next episode, happy days.